Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Uh, this week, no story. Just again, another warning about we're going to be talking about colonialism and some other nasty stuff like that. So if that's something you don't want to listen to, feel free to skip this one. The other thing is, this week's episode is about Thanksgiving, why it matters, how people celebrate it, and what kind of traditions are behind this. And we understand, obviously, that it's really different this year, and it's really unfortunate what's going on. But we do, you know, encourage all of you to please be safe this holiday season. There are other ways to mark the day to celebrate in your home or with a handful of people in your bubble and celebrations that don't involve undue risk for your elderly or otherwise vulnerable relatives. So with that being said, please enjoy this Thanksgiving special. Hello, and welcome to the Baba Yaga Project. I'm Sonia, and I'm doing my PhD in medieval history. And I'm Devin, and I have a master's in American history and indigenous studies. The Baba Yaga Project is a podcast and blog focused on the ritualized year and the history, folklore, and culture of the different ways that we mark the passage of time throughout the year. And this week, we're talking about Thanksgiving! What, what? Turkey Day. Turkey Day. No, sounds about right. Thanksgiving is a national holiday in a few countries, but namely the U.S. and Canada, so we're going to be focusing um, mainly on the U.S., where it's like a bigger cultural institution, uh, and then a little bit on Canada, but essentially uh, North America. So You're going to have to walk me through this, Devin, because I'm a Canadian who, like, for me, Thanksgiving was just you know, another big family gathering of my, like, you know, I think we had about 40-something weekends a year where we were doing something with my extended family. So, like, (laughs) Thanksgiving, yeah, it's essentially every weekend we were doing something. And, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving was just like, here's a big meal, guys. I mean, we're also, you know, immigrant family, so we're, like, really trying to fit in, but it's like, we made a turkey and also (laughs) some pierogies. Yeah. I didn't know that that was an actual thing where people go around the table and are like, what are you thankful for? We're just like, I don't know, I guess we make a turkey (laughs) today. Yes, it's a pretty big deal. (gasps) And we'll get into why. Well, I also found out you guys get like a week off Three days and then the weekend. So yes, because it's on a Thursday. So you get the Wednesday and the Friday off. Which I'm like, I think Thanksgiving would be a way bigger deal up here in the Great White North if if we also just got like a solid holiday out of it. We get one Monday. We get one Monday and that's it. And that's just a yeah, long no, weekend. It's a, a five days. Um, and most people... It's a five-day extravaganza. Most because it is in, in the... U.S. in North America, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is the busiest travel day in the entire like calendar year. Um, most people, if it's a normal year, not 2020, uh, would probably like take a couple extra days off to travel earlier and like come home yeah. earlier. You know, like travel like Monday, 
and you know Saturday or something like that. So it's a right. It's a whole big thing. Thanksgiving. That's why there's movies about it. That makes sense. It makes a lot more sense to me <laughs> but now. But to really get into the history of it, we have to go all the way back to the beginning, to jolly old England. So. <laughs> Exciting. Uh-huh. Crossing yeah, the so pond. the scene that we're going to set is England. It's the late 16th century, and there are a bunch of Puritans, and they hate fun. <laughs> Boo. Apologies Boo. to 16th century Puritans. I will not apologize to 16th century Puritans. If I met a 16th century Puritan, I would bully them, and they would deserve Um, it. Get out of here. Up until the Protestant Reformation, right, there, most of Europe had been on this, the Catholic calendar. Um... The Catholic... Yep, makes sense. in, In this calendar, there are obviously your 52 Sundays where you can't work and you have to go to church, but there are also 95 other holy days, which also are acknowledged in the same way. So you go to church and you're not supposed to work. And oftentimes the lords or kings or whoever of the area that you're in are expected to provide feasts. So it's this whole big thing. Uh, That's what, like a solid half of the year <laughs> then that you're not working and instead feasting? Yeah, can I just say, we have this idea of like uh, like the medieval peasants toiling in the fields and it's like, yeah. they got way more days off than we did, fam. <laughs> like, yes, you had to work hard like during planting and harvest, but yes, otherwise you, you were kind of chilling. Your Sundays. You had your Sundays off. You have a lot of days off. 95 other days where you had days off. So it's a pretty sweet situation. Unfortunately, uh, I guess unfortunately for workers, I'm saying this as a Protestant, so that's kind of weird. Um, The Protestant Reformation in England, they really, there's this big movement to limit the holidays. And the Anglican Church, which was headed by the monarch so this was henry the eighth limited the holidays to 27 which feels real lame so that's (laughs) yeah that's rough 27 holidays plus obviously your 52 sundays um but of course the puritans were not satisfied and i'm gonna like i'm not gonna get into the whole like theological basis for all of this because there are other Protestant sects, including Quakers, which is me, who also have, like, there's a legitimate theological basis for not wanting to have holidays. It's a whole big thing. But um, essentially, the Puritans wanted to get rid of all, like, statutory holidays. So because the church and state were essentially one and the same, um, if there was a holiday decreed by the church, then like everything had to shut down. So the Puritans were like, no. And this included Christmas and Easter. Um, instead, what Puritans, what Calvinists wanted to do, and what they ended up doing when they sort of removed themselves from England, they spent some time in other parts of Europe before coming to the Americas, but they 
would instead have irregular days of Thanksgiving and days of fasting. So these would be in reaction to, days of Thanksgiving would be in reaction to particular blessings from God and days of fasting in reaction to the bad stuff. (laughs) But they wouldn't be (laughs) like annual set days that you observed just because it was a particular day on the calendar. It was going to be indirect communion with right like god an indirect reaction to something that god has done right okay so that's sort of the like system that they're setting up so right something really good happens you have a particularly good harvest or uh, i don't know what other good things would happen there's like an There's... unusual number of babies born or something like that. You know, you're just like happy about something. You would have a feast. Um, and then if like there's a drought or a plague or a tsunami, you would have a day or days of fasting. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So then we can, you know, cut over to the quote unquote new world. Um, and I, I'm just going to, so I'm going to tell you the story of what in American is an actual, this is an actual event. Um, but this is the event that is in American lore. Right. Talked about as the first Thanksgiving. And I'm going right. to, compli- I'm going to tell you the gotcha. story and then I'm going to complicate it afterwards. So here's the story. Uh, it's. <laughs> That's our favorite <laughs> thing to do. Uh, so it's 1620. The Puritans, the pilgrims, are, you know, cruising along on the Mayflower. Uh, they had a bunch of funding issues <laughs> and ended up having to leave later than they would have intended. And they're supposed to be going to a place where there are already settlers. Right. Um, they're trying to get to New York. Uh-uh. Uh, there's a big storm, and instead they end up sighting land, uh, and it turns out it's Massachusetts. Obviously, it wasn't called Massachusetts then. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, it's um, for our purposes, it's Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they land on Cape Cod, you know, Plymouth, that whole area, and that happens in November. And they get there and they're like, meh, close enough. <laughs> um, Is it though? It actually does. It's actually like a serious problem. Yeah. Um, because now their charter for their colony is not valid and they have to like set up this whole other thing and make the, some people are like, dope, I can just do whatever I want. And they're like, no. And that's how the Mayflower Compact becomes a thing, which is like all about self-governance and becomes sort of a one of the documents that goes into the inspiration for the Declaration of Independence and later the Constitution, these kinds of things. But anyway, so they're like, we're just going to stay right here. And they have a little boat and sort of cruise around the harbor and like find a place to set up shop. I guess so they're like looking around and they find some um abandoned indigenous villages um these turn out to have been like summer camps oh right not like yeah that makes sense but like places where people lived in the summer um and they find uh corn stores and they take the corn 
And we're just like, this is our core now. And yep, that sounds about right. Start to build a village. Um, the building actually starts on Christmas, but since they didn't celebrate Christmas, I guess no one was upset about that. Um, also, they like needed desperately to build shelter as fast as possible because they're now at the end of December in Massachusetts on the coast uh, right. with no food except for the corn that they have found and anything that was left on their boat uh, ship whatever um, and they have no shelter at set four on the ship so they start building their little village and in the process of this winter ha- upwards of half of the people who had survived the crossing die from starvation or exposure so it was yeah. not super fun no, I would think not landing in <laughs> Massachusetts in November with no food or shelter. Yeah, it was not great. So then the summer comes, there are half of them who are still alive, and over the course of a couple of weeks, a f- few indigenous people show up. Like, they were, you know, doing their normal summer scouting, and they're like, who are you? And these... The two people who make initial contact are English-speaking. Um, so they had had contact with other English settlers further north in what would become Canada, namely Nova Scotia, and had like learned English. One of the guys right. who ends up being a translator had been that taken... That sounds very reasonable. As, ...had been captured and sold to Spaniards in Spain as a slave and had escaped gone to London and became a scout with an English fishing company that right. would fish off the coast of Nova Scotia. And that's how he got back to uh, his people. Um, his people are the Wampanoags. And so the the Puritans are, yeah. you know, children in their village. These English speakers show up and they're like, whoa, you speak English. That's pretty cool. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, well, what are you doing here? And the pilgrims tell them their story. And they're like, I guess it's okay if you stay here. Uh, you do have to give us our corn back, though. And the <laughs> the English people are like, we do not know how to plant corn. And all we have are these plants. And they have, you know, like the, the planting seeds for English crops. Which, from previous experience in... Jamestown, when we talked about Jamestown earlier in our podcast, you should know they don't work very well. Totally different um, climate. So the Wampanoags, yeah, the Wampanoags are like, nah, you should probably learn how to plant corn, and they help them out. They plant a, help them plant a bunch of corn. The English settlers do try and plant um, some English crops. Uh, they don't go as well. Um, Just considering the soil and everything of New England, it's not like a great wheat-producing country. So the the corn grows um, over the course of, you know, several years. The uh, Puritans do pay back the Wampanoags for the corn that they took with interest. So that is okay. Eventually, I guess, everyone seems kind of chill about that. But um, what happens is right now we're into 1621. They've just had the harvest and they're like, this is great. We have 
this huge bounty um, of corn and other things. And they're like, sweet. So they decide to have a big day of Thanksgiving, right? These sort of, they're not necessarily annual days of Thanksgiving where they have a church sermon, they give thanks to God, and then they have a big feast. They invite the leader of the Wampanoag people who are close to them and 90 members of the community to their feast day. And they share some of their stores. The Wampanoags bring four deer. Uh, They hunt some fowl. It's not said what kind of fowl. It could have been a turkey. There's really no knowing. And they have a big feast. And this is... It's written then about in a pamphlet that is, you know, like, published and circulated about, like, the history of the colony of Massachusetts. Right. And this is what people talk about when they say, like, the first Thanksgiving. Was it actually the first Thanksgiving? And is this the origin of the, like, is this specific event the origin of, like, the tradition in North America? Probably not. So, first of all, we can say every culture has some sort of Thanksgiving and or harvest festival, number one. So, there were Thanksgiving and harvest feasts. (laughs) There were Thanksgiving and harvest feasts, one, as long as people were on the continent. So that was happening. Then there were, you know, Christian days of Thanksgiving as long as there were Christians. So the French and Spanish were having some sort of Thanksgiving day, again, uh, harvest festival day, as long as they were in North America. Yeah, and I mean, that makes sense. These Um, are all, you know, I'd, I'd say most traditional societies have some sort of you know, recognition of, yay, we got the harvest in. We're not going to starve this winter. (laughs) Yeah, so that was happening. Now, what does happen is, so this event did happen. There were, like, a series of... Essentially what happens is the concept of, like, Thanksgiving as an annual feast celebration in late November becomes a specifically New England tradition. Right. Right. So essentially what ends up happening is, you know, the Puritans wanted these holidays to be about like, this is a specific reaction to the specific thing that God has sent to us. Of course, you end up having, because of how, you know, time and Mm. plants work, you end up having periods of plenty in the fall and periods of, like, starving or whatever in the late spring. Yeah. Um, And people have a desire for annual holidays. So what ends up happening is Every year, the New English Calvinist communities at varying times, you know, 
say we're going to have this day of Thanksgiving and then they have a period of fast and it just sort of ends up being around the same time every year. And after a couple of generations, so by solidly by the mid 18th century, solidly by the mid 18th century, um, New Englanders are just like, this is how we've always done this. And they've sort of been disconnected from the like, essentially a theological crisis that had happened in the Calvinist church around like celebrating Christmas and Easter um, and having these like annual holidays and annual feast days that they didn't want to do before and essentially just have like a these replacement days where Thanksgiving no longer is really close to the harvest so it's not you know in New England the harvest is September um they move it to a sort of beginning of winter feast as right you know a replacement for what would be like yule or christmas and then they have a period of fasting or a day of fasting in the spring around the time that you know lent or easter would have been going on yeah and new englanders are just like this is how we do things That makes sense. And this becomes more of a sort of general North American holiday a little later. So, right, solidly, most most of the colonies of New England are all sort of celebrating Thanksgiving, right, around the end of, sometime around the end of November. It's generally, like, sort of colony-wide, that they would establish like this is the day that all of the churches are going to do this um, because it affects like business and stuff. So they would all be doing that. And then what ends up happening is right. There's the American revolution and two things come from that with spreading Thanksgiving to places outside of new England. One, the British give up and leave, right? They were really busy doing other things and we're just like meh the north america isn't worth it yeah and let the colonists have the united states so, uh though <laughs> yeah they were just really busy and france was like go for it yeah, that's um, pretty much what happened. They're like we're we got other so things to anyway, worry about at this yeah, point. America wins its revolution. It's like the least patriotic thing I've ever said. <laughs> I know. I'm supposed that to was very, American. very unenthusiastic, Devin. <laughs> Come on. Essentially, so then, so what happens is there's a I bunch think of they're going to revoke your. I, I think they're going to revoke your like, citizenship at this so point. They all leave and go to Canada, mostly Ontario, <laughs> because it was, you know, the very English part. There were some people who obviously went to Montreal because at this point in time, there were a lot of English speakers in Montreal. But you know, Quebec was just so Catholic and so French. <sighs> So there, yes. there was a lot of a lot of uh, New Englanders, uh, lo- the loyalists, left and went to Ontario, and they were like Thanksgiving guys, and the other English people in Canada were like, I guess, oh, so difficult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I've heard the story. Is they're like, 
all these loyalists show up and are like, every year around this time, we cook a turkey and put cranberry sauce on it. And then all the Canadians are like, <laughs> yeah, <dumb>. why not? <laughs> that um, seems fine. And also what happens it's all right. the so New England, I mean, obviously could feed itself mostly, but was mainly a place of mercantilism so it was a lot of like trade uh shipping well, like fishing and shipping goods that were produced in the more agricultural areas of the colonies like across the oceans and right trade trading with the you know island colonies and all of these things and the american revolution like devastates that economy yeah. One, because there's, like, a lot of retaliatory tariffs. There are, like, trade embargoes set up against other, like, with them uh, in the, like, island colonies. They, it's just, it's just a bad time. There's also, like, you know, most of the harbors and ships had been, like, destroyed. It was just a bad time to be a merchant in New England. So a lot of people leave. They move south. They, you know, they move west uh there's just like a lot of moving around and as they move they bring thanksgiving with them so either just purely as like thanksgiving or they had like this weird version of it that they called like forefathers day that was really about like patriotism and this idea that like well we're the real americans we were on the mayflower You know, and so it was like this whole thing about like celebrating the, you know, original pilgrims and original settlers of the United States. And so there was that and it was like this like New England import. And so like the other thing that we sort of have to think about in this context is that at this time, the U.S. is in crisis, right? Because it's trying to establish a system of government, a legal system all of these things but also to establish itself as a unified nation most people didn't think of themselves as like north american colonists they thought of themselves as right you know the colonists of connecticut of massachusetts the colonists of south carolina of whatever and each of them had like their own sort of culture and community that was in relation to the other colonies yeah. but not necessarily the same thing and the disparate culture between New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and the South was even more drastic than it is today. Like, I mean, radically different. Right. So the people moving to Canada, moving South, moving West, were essentially like culturally immigrants right they're from the same sort of base culture in europe but if you're a new englander moving to the south you're an immigrant bringing this culture and food ways right. of new england to a different culture so the like forefathers day was sort of this like immigrant holiday almost and it just sort of like evolves then into a more like national idea of of Thanksgiving. And so as this sort of spreads out, more and more states start deciding like Thanksgiving seems kind of dope. Like (laughs) good time. Everybody likes, everybody likes a feast. Yeah. And so like, if there was a celebration of it, it was determined by the state. 
right? So it wasn't. Um, there were a couple of national days of Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's fair. Um, there was one the in seventeen eighty nine that was declared in late November by George Washington and celebrated sort of annually for a few years. That was in acknowledgement of evacuation day, which was the day that the British like forces left um, American shores. Um, that's no longer a really celebrated holiday in the U S anymore. Um, but for a little bit, it was, and it was like celebrated as a, a national day of Thanksgiving. And, that sort of fades out and it becomes this like, you know, state decided day and, and maintains its like religious ideas. So the state would, you know, every year release these like notices that says like the, you know, Connecticut day of Thanksgiving is going to be on this day. And then you would go to your church service and have your big feast with your family and stuff. And People really liked it. And so it was just sort of like, it would be different times of November between like October and December, late October, early December. So sometime normally in November, but different depending on its state. And this, so there's like this weird period in the late 18th century, early 19th century, where people are kind of like the Protestant Reformation had had like a big effect on the culture. There isn't a whole lot of acknowledgement for like annual holidays in the way that we think of them now you know all of our sort of christmas traditions thanksgiving traditions all of these like annual holiday traditions really come from the victorians um and so we're gonna have to get into that for a little bit so the 19th century comes around and there had been like this just period of sort of like cultural austerity that was came about because of the protestant reformation and in particular because of protestants like the calvinists but with this rise of Victorian yes. culture, and particularly Charles Dickens, who wrote a lot about like Christmas, right? You have a Christmas Carol, and these like cultural stories about like England, and also some of the rituals, like Christmas trees and stuff that Queen Victoria brought to England. It these big festive yeah. annual holidays became more of a a thing. Because uh, it turns out people like annual holidays and they like excuses to celebrate and decorate and be goofy. So the mid 19th century comes along yeah. and Christmas is back. What? Christmas. Especially in England. So the British were like, Christmas. And they like went really hard on Christmas. And this is going to sound controversial to a lot of. Americans out there who are like, the war on Christmas. Uh, Americans were not super enthusiastic about Christmas. Americans are still, like, culturally very puritanical. And so they were like, and Christmas is a reveling holiday. It's one of a series of reveling holidays. It's a holiday where poor people are allowed to go Yay! to rich people's houses and yell at them for food and presents. Uh, there are is a history of yes. committing petty crimes on Christmas. There is a history, you know, like these things like Halloween and Christmas, anything where you're dressing up, anything where you're lighting things on fire. Americans were like, mm, not so much. So Christmas <laughs> didn't take off in the States the way that it did in the UK. What did take off was Thanksgiving because it had this 
annual feast, yes. familial, like warmth, beginning of winter holiday feeling with a sort of like compulsory wholesomeness that Christmas didn't have. So particularly like antebellum Americans were like, yes, Thanksgiving. And they really latched on to Thanksgiving um, more so than Christmas. So next time somebody wants to be like, ah, the war on Christmas. Now you have actual historical evidence for why it is the war on Thanksgiving. The Christmas attacking Thanksgiving in America is what's actually happening. All of the, like, the fact that there are Christmas trees anywhere in North America right now is garbage. (laughs) You shouldn't be doing that until well after Thanksgiving. I mean, I say well after Thanksgiving. I put up my Christmas tree the day after, but, like... In my house... Christmas tree goes up December 1st. Any earlier than that, I'm like, no, what are you doing? It is still spooky season. November is for spooks still. I am not ready for wholesome season yet. Yeah, so just there is there is no and like, again, remember, Christmas isn't as wholesome. Thanksgiving is the wholesome one. So we'll get into it. In December. Well, yeah. Thanksgiving is oh I yeah, exactly. But I mean I'm I'm a I'm a Canadian, so for me, November is just spoopy. It's just ghosts. <laughs> we'll get into it when we in December when we start talking about Christmas, but Christmas was also full of ghosts. Also full of, you know, bonfires and harassing people for money and presents and oh. food i mean that's what caroline is there i'm, I'm well things. aware of that uh, but general, i just you know i general debauchery Devin, i'm a medievalist i know i know that 12 days of christmas was just a solid you know two weeks of everyone gets drunk everyone gets drunk they feast they bang on the doors they demand presents i just mean you know in in the modern sense there's a little more i i just i'm not ready to like listen to christmas carols yet i want i still am in the like yeah so in america in the states especially like we really dropped in a holiday that was was just wholesome so it's you know gathering with your family and eating and thinking about how thankful you are for the ability to do things like that because god is awesome yeah that's fair that's much more wholesome than than christmas (laughs) yeah so it was like that and around this period the you know mid 19th century there was also because it was such a, a wholesome annual holiday that people could really get behind newspapers and columnists and stuff sort of took it upon themselves to start advocating for a national day of thanksgiving that happened every year Ah. especially a woman named sarah josepha hale who is the editor of godey's ladies book Um, ah yes yes she started the ladies she started a national campaign for a national thanksgiving and it she it went on for like 10 years she was just like constantly writing everyone like hey we need a thanksgiving you know good for her it's good to have hobbies 
eventually in 1863, Lincoln did sign, I think it was an executive order or something that made Thanksgiving the last Thursday of November. And she was really excited. Uh, he didn't actually mention her or credit her, but she is oh, sort of rude. Like, she is sort of, you know, acknowledged to be the one who kicked off the social pressure that created the the national uh, Thanksgiving. Obviously, it's 1863. The U.S. was a little busy to actually like. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say. I think I think there might have been something yeah. going on around um, that time, so Devin. When we say I, I a just... national day of Thanksgiving, obviously. For Lincoln, that also meant the states in the South would have a National Day of Thanksgiving as well. They had other ideas, um, and everyone was killing each other about it. Not about Thanksgiving, about whether or not they were part. I was going to say that'd be the same nation, and namely whether or not that in that nation uh, you could own people and treat them terribly and traffic human beings the civil war was garbage y'all yeah yeah i mean that's (laughs) yeah so so technically yes there was thanksgiving was like nationally mandated as the last thursday in november in 1863 it doesn't really become a thing until uh like the middle of reconstruction and then of course reconstruction becomes its whole own disaster um, and then later in uh, the 30s, FDR changes it to the third Thursday. Uh, he he moves it a week ahead. Yeah. Um, Why not? For business reasons. I'm not sure what those business reasons are because I am not a businessman. <laughs> but... <laughs> I like that you used the, the Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian. <laughs> Yes, the Ukrainian my word. My favorite Ukrainian word. Businessman. <laughs> or as we call them, class traitor. Um, so anyway, uh, after the Civil War, Thanksgiving really becomes like the sort of cultural institution that we think of it today. Um, and the idea of this first Thanksgiving sort of takes off as like the, the cultural touchstone, this idea of like, the pilgrims and all of that jazz um and then we have uh you know it's a little harder to celebrate during the world wars but in post-war america thanksgiving really becomes part of this american cold war propaganda and this idea of like america it like becomes really integrated into this idea of americanness and the narrative that of Americans as descendants from the pilgrims and this idea of like the bounty of American democracy and American capitalism and lies. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's sort of like where this, you know, modern conception of Thanksgiving comes from. Of course, like now I have to go back and sort of complicate all of this story that I just told you. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good. Let's yeah. rewind. So we have like... <laughs> What's really going on, Devin? these are all... Like what the story that I just told is true if you are a white Protestant New Englander. 
if you were an indigenous person, it's a, a pretty different story. Right. The same basic facts are true. So, right, you have in 1621, uh, someone from your community is scouting around for your summer camps and uh, they come across a bunch of English settlers and they're like, what are you guys doing here? And you guys make an agreement to help them out and let them live there and everything well everything's chill they invite you to this big feast in november and then sometime around february uh and it's all downhill it's from uncertain there certain what happened but a white guy shows up dead and all of the english settlers like collectively lose their minds and start burning down a bunch of pequot villages and just like oh, no. murdering people indiscriminately. A lot. I, I don't know the exact number um, because I don't think there's a direct record of it. At least not. I didn't find one. But there are, are many villages are burned and lives destroyed and lives taken. And so this is happening in the spring of 1622. And later that year, after after all of this is happening, because it goes on for most of the year, later that year, the same governor who had sort of declared the 1621 Thanksgiving declares another Thanksgiving because of God's blessings in ending the battles, what he called the, the battles, oh. uh, essentially in like the the blessing is that they killed all of those people um oh. and then there's sort of like a few more like annual thanksgivings um for a few years like more in honor of that which is uh pretty messed up and disgusting so yeah that's one number one is the number one complication um the second thing is that this pamphlet that I talked about before that includes the record of the so-called first Thanksgiving um, is like in its entirety is lost. So the part that actually included the story of the first Thanksgiving is lost for a couple hundred years. Um, it becomes really rare and only this like abridged version that had been recorded in a book is available for most people, most historians. And what happens then is that throughout the late 18th century up until about the 1880s, the idea of the pilgrims, like it still exists as a sort of foundational story of America. And that's where you get that forefathers day that I talked about. But the imagery of the Puritans sitting down to a meal with indigenous people did not exist. All of the images that we have from that period of the pilgrims are mostly of them either uh, by themselves celebrating right. a Thanksgiving or being attacked by indigenous people. And the, the context for that that most people put a, attribute these representations to is the violent 
policy of Manifest Destiny and the cultural impact on settler America of right like expansion and the so-called Indian Wars in the West, which yes. are always framed in settler America as being attacks on them. Obviously, it's not going to be framed yep. as we're going in and committing a genocide and taking people's land and murdering them and decimating a culture and putting them in residential schools and, you know, the plethora of atrocities that were committed by the American state against other sovereign nations uh not really framed in that way of like oh these are people of a sovereign nation and self-governing community protecting themselves yeah. from another nation yeah. that is invading and killing them so yeah that becomes a major part of the the story of the pilgrims and of american settler american yeah. identity for ever <laughs> Which is troubling when you then put it in the content, like put the the story of Thanksgiving on top of that. Um, so when we when we think about it, and when we really think about any part of American history, it sort of has to come right. within the context of that. Um, obviously, the very first Thanksgiving is. Like this, this very, very first story is a little bit different, and there are some Puritan settlements where, for quite a few years, there they did not have contact with indigenous people, um, mainly because the Puritan New Englanders were coming quite a few years later from initial European contact, and so uh, populations on the coastlines had been decimated by disease right. and people had sort of coalesced into larger communities further west and so they're showing up to areas and territory that were no longer permanently inhabited uh, that's a thing but as these as these communities grow and move further west it is violent clashes and the Anglo-Protestants in particular tend to be aggressively violent and much less interested in uh, any sort of cohabitation right. or uh, dependency on each other. This is in particular contrast to Quebec, where the French settlers very much depended on indigenous people. But Yeah, I mean, it's very uh, much it's a, not, a great like, situation all not as violent. Um, colonizing as you could have done yeah so there's yeah so yeah that's a the not great context of thanksgiving there's also the there's also like i would say the issue of why thanksgiving like i talked about earlier why thanksgiving sort of took off in as opposed to christmas christmas and and generally reveling holidays tend to have a lot of yeah. Class subversion uh, aspects to it, and the US being not, I mean, like, so there's like the structural classism of the UK that 
doesn't exist in the same way in North America. But there were, especially in the South, very rigid class distinctions. And there is, I think, even more fear of subverting any of those power dynamics that exist as a result of capitalism and right. wealth inequality. So that's a thing. To sort of round this out and finish it up, there's a, a, some. I have more of a fun bit of trivia about why the dates are very different between Ooh, do uh, tell. the U.S. and Canada. I think, I think it's time to move on to the fun facts so, part of this episode. <laughs> yeah, so fun fact, uh, in Canada, Thanksgiving is celebrated on the first Monday of October. Um, this is because uh, originally when... Uh, people brought this holiday to Canada. Um, it was still celebrated in November a little bit earlier. Um, normally the first or second week of November, whereas it was like often the last week or the second to last week, you know, in New England. Uh, yeah. That's not a huge difference. I think it's just a little bit colder. Meh. Um, but it was never really like an actual harvest holiday. So what started happening was the Canadian militia in Ontario would do these big displays and people would come out to watch it on Thanksgiving. And they, for a long time, were arguing to have the date for the province to move the date up so that the weather was warmer and they could get larger crowds out so they could get like more monetary support, all this stuff. And people were really hesitant to do that because they were like, no, this is when we celebrate it. Then World War I happened and Remembrance Day was established as the 11th. And that generally happened in the around the same time as Thanksgiving or often like it was the same day and people didn't really love that. And Remembrance Day became like a very big thing in Canada. Um, So eventually uh, shortly after, I can't remember the exact date, shortly after the First World War and the creation of Remembrance Day, Parliament made Thanksgiving a national holiday and established it as the first Monday of October thus giving them warmer weather and also not conflicting with Remembrance Day. As with many things in Canada, it's centered around uh, when is it warm enough for us to do stuff? That's a (laughs) I feel like that's a lot of our holidays. Like, so yeah, so that's a, anyway, that's a, that's Thanksgiving. Well, thank you for guiding us through. (laughs) Wrap this up because it's like, well, Normally we would do a, like, what can you do to, like, sort of integrate this holiday into your lives? Um, There is, like, a big cultural backlash that started in the 1970s from AIM as, like, this should be a national day of mourning for indigenous people. Uh, So there's that acknowledgement. There's also, you know, Thanksgiving is nice. I mean, I think because <laughs> it's like a nice like family thing. So there's like a weird, there's that weirdness. Um, I mean, I think also you can do plague. both. Yeah. Like, I think you can acknowledge do. both that like, yeah, if you're not an indigenous person in the Americas, like 
you are on colonized land like you are in a colonial state. But I think you're also allowed to, you know, take a moment, be thankful, you know, gather with the people you can safely gather with, even if that's, you know, just other members of your household. Yeah. And you know what? I think we'll end this off on, you know, don't go Black Friday shopping either. Yes. That's, that's a big one. You know, don't get trampled to death. Don't spread this in a pandemic. Don't go to the also, mall. If you're gonna shop, at least at least just shop online. It's fine. And it's so small, much better. Small stores, small yes. creators, small stores. Don't. Yeah. Why, why don't we have that be our takeaway, Devin? Our takeaway is, you know, just just I know this year sucks. This whole year is terrible. But you know, we can take this this opportunity. To just, you know, be thankful for the people that we have in our lives, even if we can only see them on Zoom or speak to them over a phone call this year. And, you know, try to, try to, you know, do what we can to still make this a nice holiday. Who says you can't make a turkey just for yourself? If you, if you <laughs> want to make true. cranberry sauce, you can make cranberry sauce. I'm not going to stop you. I uh, don't actually like turkey, so I'm not really fussed about lack of turkey. I'm more desperately need my sweet potatoes. Well, there you go. No one's stopping you from making sweet potatoes. <laughs> I I just want some pie. That's that's really the highlight of Thanksgiving is pecan pie, <laughs> not pumpkin. <laughs> pecan pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie. I'm just I'm really about those sweet potatoes. I think you just need a sweet potato holiday is the take. You're thank <laughs> David, that's how we'll end it. I'm thankful for sweet potatoes. Excellent. <laughs> I'm thankful for pecan pie. Tell us what you're thankful for. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, support us on Patreon if you are so inclined. Buy some merch. Thank you for listening to the Baba Yaga Project, a podcast brought to you by sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes, which were brought to you by Indigenous America. <laughs> Listen, we're not sponsored, but we could be. <laughs> by sweet potatoes. <laughs> Devin, I don't know. What's the Sweet Potato Commission of America look like? No idea. How many people are pushing sweet potatoes? You know, there's commercials for cereal. There should be more. Well, there you go. We'll be the sweet potato spokespeople. I'll put it on our merch. Okay. Sweet on sweet potatoes. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Be safe. Do good work. See you next time.